What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Byte Extra Crunchy here from our headquarters in San Francisco, California. This is episode 71. Brian Tong in the house. Uh, just a little bit of house cleaning. Stephen Beecham is going to be away for the next couple of weeks. So I have my main man, Mitch Chang, running the boards. He's running the show. But we wanted to also let you know that because of that, our voicemails, um, we aren't going to be able to get to them because Stephen also controls that as well. So we're going to hold on to your voicemails. Everything we talked about, the Apple eyeglasses, just sit tight with us. Um, and we will talk about that stuff later. But if you are watching live with us on YouTube, if you're watching live with us on Periscope or Twitter, you can tweet me at Brian Tong, and I'm going to be able to look at some of your comments while we talk. But let's just jump into the show off the bat. We have a very special guest with me, senior reporter, Shara Tipkin. She's already smiling because she's like, very special. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank um, you. Shara is really our beat reporter for, for not only Cena, but really Apple, you deal with them intimately. Um, for people that maybe not be familiar with some of your work with CNET, can you kind of tell us, you know, some of your interactions or some of the things that they can see you on in CNET and, and how you deal with Apple, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on the news team. So at CNET, we have the review side who looks at the products. So typically for Apple, that's Scott Stein. Um, on the news side, I cover Apple and Samsung. So pretty much anything big happening with either company, I'm going to be writing about it. I go to all their events. Um, <laughs> you do. I do. Um, yeah, talk to them. You know, just generally know what's going on with both of them. So basically, if you see an article on CNET, uh, most likely it's written by Shara when it comes to the Apple goodness and just yeah. all the all the big boys, really. Yeah, all yeah. The, the, big boys. the big news, though. I'm usually not writing yeah. up rumors. So yeah, like like the one things that I'm talking about. She's like, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll, leave, I'll leave that stuff for for you guys down there. <laughs> no. So what we wanted to talk about really is a question that has been on my mind and on the mind of a lot of our listeners and viewers of the video podcast is we're going to talk about what could Apple's next big thing really be? We've heard a lot of stuff and we'll talk about it, but I think one of the things that everyone is wondering is, will Apple have another hit? And if so, what could it be? You, you've you covered them for over three years. Um, what What is your feeling inside of Apple? Like, do they really have something that they're working on? Uh, what they've dropped hints about augmented reality. Who knows what the future of their yeah. autonomous car thing is, but where do you stand with, does Apple have the capability to drop something like that on a still or are they a different company today i think they still really do I, I i mean if you look at them they're never really first to a market but then they just come in and completely change it so augmented and virtual reality are something we've seen a lot of but they just haven't really caught on very much yet people are still kind of trying to figure out what you actually do with it um that could be a really big area for apple i think ultimately whatever they do is going to be something that is kind of tangentially related to the phone or directly related because, you know, two thirds of their revenue comes from the iPhone. They've always said they're willing to create a new product that will eat away at their other products as long as they're the ones doing it. So it's not like, I mean, like what we saw with the iPod, like they basically, their iPhone killed the iPod. Like that thing is dead. But um, <laughs> my my original one still works. Oh yeah, no. I mean, they still amazing. work. They, they yeah, still yeah. work. The yeah. product the product category is. I mean, they've never actually officially said it's dead though. Right? No, no. Right? I it's think just, they still sell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're in the other category yeah. of their earnings reports, yeah. right? So is the Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and Apple yeah. TV too. Yeah, Apple so. TV. Yeah, um, but but they're not going to do anything. I mean, realistically, they're not going to do anything that's going to really hurt the iPhone. But I think a lot of companies kind of vision for the future and what 
the world is going to be like is your phone or your watch or whatever is kind of the remote control for your life. So they say where you're controlling your smartphone through your phone or sorry, smart home through your phone, (laughs) not your smart. Yeah. You're doing that too. Yeah. You're doing that too. uh, But, um, just everything kind of connected to it. But, you know, I also think voice is going to play a big role. Artificial intelligence. Siri is going to be so much more important. Um, I think it can be incredibly frustrating right now when you ask, you know, what's the weather? They bring up like a Wikipedia page or like weather.com. It doesn't actually give you an answer. So still trying to figure out, I think, how they do that. But it could be, you know, their next big thing could actually be more of a service than an actual product. Yeah, I think that, you know, everyone is really, in general, in the tech world, not only are they curious, some people still haven't jumped on board, but the whole artificial intelligence, yeah. voice control, Amazon Echo, which is my has been my favorite gadget for the, I would say, arguably, right, the past year and a half or so. It's really kind of that product that has created this new platform, this new thing. And everyone, when I first saw the Echo, I'm like, damn, like back in the day, I felt like Apple was the one that sometimes would kind of create at least... This platform, but like you said, they typically come second, even third to market, yeah. and they polish it up really nice. I think that that home voice control is their largest opportunity from at least, like you said, the standpoint of it. It yeah. revolves around the iPhone per se. The iPhone is on you. Do you? We've heard rumors, and they haven't really done much with the Apple TV. And there were first stories about, oh, it's you know, the developer kits had HomeKit integration, but they've never taken it to the next step. Like, where where do you think that that Apple TV thing could be for them? Because Sure, everyone says just slap a microphone on it, you'll sell more of them. But now everyone already has an Echo. Yeah. Have they have they lost at least that whole idea of a speaker set top box with a mic battle? That's kind of the debate right now, actually, is a lot of these different markets where they came in, the markets weren't really there anyway. Like they weren't the first smartphone, but there really wasn't a smartphone market. They basically created it. Same with smartwatches. Uh, you know, Samsung, Pebble, Sony, some of these guys were in the market, but nobody was really buying watches yet. Um, it's arguably, don't know if people are now either. <laughs> but <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. But, but when it comes to, like, the home and the Echo, the o- Echo has taken over everything. Like, everybody integrates with them. Everybody works with them. So they have all these different skills you could do. Um, everything that's just, you know, really popular and... It, you know, Apple does actually seem pretty late there when it comes to the home. And I think, I, I don't know, like Apple's earnings last week, Tim Cook, um, he's at the beginning, he spent some time talking about how he uses Siri in his life. And part of it was part of it was like talking about the home, how he uses it to control his lights. And, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting. You know, nothing he said was new. Nothing was like crazy. But it was kind of him trying to be like, hey, we, we do this to yeah. you guys. Like we have it you know, remember, remember us. And that's funny because that, to me, that's a role reversal from what Apple has been in the past. Like you'd see a lot of other companies say, Hey, we have this too. Just, just to remind you. And it's one of the, one of the few times when people are talking about where, where is Apple in the scheme of just like the tech hierarchy? Of course we know they had their largest quarter ever. They're still making tons of money. Now it's more of the perception of how much innovation or how much of that Apple magic do they still have left? And, it's funny that you'd you know when you talk about him saying, "Oh, hey guys, over here we have Siri," because people aren't talking about Siri no. for home use at all, and they've had that HomeKit integration for a while. But because of how more controlling they are with their yeah. ecosystem, how you have to get certification, agree to using X, Y, and Z, that made it difficult. Amazon's like, "Here it is. You yeah. can get a skill approved in like 
less than a week or so or yeah. somewhere around like 10 yeah. days even. yeah i mean and like it's really interesting some of the stuff amazon's doing with echo too to make it more like a person like with siri it's still in a lot of ways is you're talking to a robot like it's not you don't forget that it's very you have to phrase questions in a certain way or you're not going to get an answer you're going to get something completely wrong whereas like amazon has launched this big contest to get universities and researchers to come up with ways um, that Siri can actually have a com or not Siri Alexa can yeah. actually yeah Alexa yeah Amazon <laughs> um, so that Alexa can actually have a conversation with you so it will remember the question you previously asked and be able to just kind of talk to you like uh, you like we're talking yeah. you know picking up from the last thing you said yeah do you have um I'm gonna jump a little bit over to the autonomous car we heard Apple was working <laughs> on that project then basically pretty much gutted the team that might be some sort of a um, system that they can license out in the future. What, what's your gut, uh, you know, from even what you may or may not know, is is Apple not even really, I know it was a rumor in the beginning, but has Apple kind of stayed away from any chatter? Because a lot of times, like with augmented reality, Tim Cook is like kind of already saying, yeah. hey, we're, we're all about augmented reality, yeah, but they yeah, don't yeah. say anything about the car. Yeah. Is that something that they kind of wanted, you feel like they just want it to go away? Or where do you think they stand on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any inside yeah. knowledge specifically about the car, but I was skeptical. I honestly was skeptical about that from the beginning. Yeah, I just too. couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't see how Apple would want to build a car. Like they, <laughs> uh, yeah, a car is becoming a portable computer, as people say. They're coming, becoming a lot smarter. You know, we have our giant roadshow operation because of that. But um, I, I don't know. I was just always really skeptical of that. But they do have CarPlay, and they do want to be the dashboard in your car. They want your phone to work with the car. They want when you get into your car, it knows your preferences. It, you know, knows maps and where you normally go. So if you want to say uh, navigate home, it will come up or your playlist is on there from Apple Music or whatever. Like they definitely want to own that dashboard. Um, it, you know, and I have no doubt that they were probably experimenting with a car. Like if you look at NVIDIA, you know, the chip maker, they built a self-driving car. So, you know, I wrote in this at CES, there's literally no one else in the car with you. You're in the back seat and you like watch the steering wheel turn itself. They're not going to sell a car, but they sell the chips that power the car, that work with self-driving, that work in the dashboard. So they wanted to understand how it's going to work. And they wanted to be able to show customers um, and, you know, make it really easy for people like Audi to come out with a self-driving car. So that's why they put all this investment and built it. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that they're going to sell a car. They're not. You know, same with Apple. Sure, they could have been building a car and never had any plans to sell it. It could have been, hey, let's figure out how this works. You know, how do we want to push our um, either self-driving technology or our dashboard or whatever it is to um, to other customers to sell it? You know, because they, ha they have to grow services. They have to grow that business. You know, it's, um, it's getting a lot bigger, but... You know, iPhone still is just, it's everything for them. And and that was, that literally set up my next question. Do you <laughs> feel, is Apple, everyone says, oh, Apple's so still so reliant on the iPhone. But again, they had another record quarter. Is Apple still too reliant on the iPhone? Um, I, I mean, I think it depends. I think the issue for them is they have to make sure they keep having hits with the iPhone. Um, being too reliant on an iPhone that's selling like crazy is not an issue. <laughs> like that's a good thing. People, you know, people are lining up for this. Yep. They want it. But the one time that they have a phone that misses, it could just put everything in jeopardy for them. 
And, you know, Steve Jobs had always talked about this, like, three-legged stool yes, strategy. Yeah, the yeah. different tent poles and all yeah, that Yeah, all like of that. that, you know. And they don't have that at all. Like, the iPad has dropped, I think, for oh 12, 12 straight quarters, I believe it is now. Um, you know, Mac Mac is kind of chugging along, but it's not growing It's huge. not growing, yeah. yeah Little ticks, kind of yeah. staying steady. It's yeah, still a popular doing, machine. Yeah, but. totally. It's doing great, but it's not anywhere near iPhone so for them they do have to find this like next area that's going to be big for them and I think it's interesting like if you've if you've paid attention to them over the past like year or so um how much Tim Cook has been talking about services uh they had like one week quarter and they did something unusual I think it was a year ago and they published um kind of a sheet or like a pdf showing their services business and like <laughs> how much it was growing and how important it was so, you know, that's, I think, a big area that they see opportunity. And then just to wrap things up, you've covered them for a while. Have you personally seen any shift in how uh, you deal with Apple? And from a, what I'm asking from a standpoint is, look, they've been the king for a while. It's kind of changed now. They still kind of talk a game like that they're the king, but that not may not necessarily be the case across the board like it used to be in the past how have you seen a change or shift just maybe in the company itself with your dealings with them? Yeah, so um, I didn't cover them in the Steve Jobs years, which I think was extremely different from how it is now. <laughs> but, um, you know... I know I, those years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that know was, those years. predated me. But, um, you know, I think that they have been making an effort to... They're never going to be an open company. They're no. never going to tell everybody what they're doing. Um, you know, and it doesn't benefit them, honestly, to be open either like they're making products that everybody wants to copy and that um you know there's just a lot of competition in the areas they're in i do think they're making more of an effort effort to kind of um peel back the curtain just a little bit so you know we did connie um our editor-in-chief and i did this big package on the mac last fall um which was great like we were able to you know, talk to some executives, see it early. Which they know, yeah, they have been yeah. a lot more open in general across yeah. tech outlets. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think, you know, there's been a shift in how much they're willing to say. And, you know, they are they are still the king. Like in phones, they are. Um, you know, smartphones, they are. Like they and Samsung are just kind of neck and neck right now. But, um, yeah, I think that they're trying to share a little bit more, but not too much. Do you think, though, that they're being a little more open? Because during the Steve Jobs day, they were extremely closed off. I mean, yeah. basically, the only media quote or person who would get his phone was Walt Mossberg <laughs> and maybe a couple other guys. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they have decided to become more open because they've kind of, because they're at least the perception of their company is not as strong or as not as dominant as it once was? And it can't be that same way forever. But do you think that's partially why they're being a little more open as well? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the CEO. Um, you know, Tim Cook is generally a well-liked guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not like Steve Jobs, who was feared. Like, Jobs was <laughs> very much respected, but he was feared. Yeah. You know, like, I, I've talked to a lot of the a lot of people who worked with him when he first started Apple, and they'd tell stories about him, like, running down the halls, screaming at people, and, like, picking out specific people at meetings to yell at, and... Uh, you know, Tim Cook isn't like that. Like, he's generally a more easygoing guy. Um, you know, he worked in operations. Just very different personality. And I think a lot of what we're seeing from Apple now is because of him. Like, he, he's, you know, Apple, kinder, gentler Apple. You know, what some people said under Tim Cook. Um, you know, I think that that's true. 
Awesome. Well, Shara, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate Thanks. it. Everybody, uh, Shara Timkin, uh, you can check out her work on CNET.com. And uh, your t Twitter name is basically your first and last name yep. spelled T. Oh, I should spell it all out. S-H-A-R-A-T-I-B-K-E-N. Did I pass the test? Perfect. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Shara. We appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. So what we're going to do right now is segue into more of our stories here on the Apple Byte Extra Crunchy. Really appreciate that talk, and hopefully you guys and gals got a little bit of insight. But also, you know, just like we said, we're posing the question of, really, is there a next thing for Apple? I know our calls are kind of stuck right now, but please just send us an email or just send me a Twitter right now at Brian Tong. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Do they have a next thing up their sleeve? What could it be for you? Uh, but what we're going to talk about is really the story that headlines to this week. It's... It's a little overblown, but it's still fun to talk about. The 2017 iPhone, right? We've talked about, we know that a 7S large screen, regular screen are coming out. But what about this whole rumored 5.8-inch OLED iPhone? Well, according to Fast Company, they believe that this next, you know, 10th anniversary iPhone, the iPhone 8 or whatever they end up calling it, could likely cost, or in their words, will likely cost more than one thousand dollars now i don't know about you all are you willing to spend one thousand dollars on an iphone now let me just give you some perspective here if you wanted to buy something like an iphone 7 plus and max it out with 256 gigs of storage it would sell for you would have to pay it before uh before taxes and everything 969 bucks okay so we know that there are people doing that but Let's talk about the large majority of people. This is the 5.8-inch iPhone with an OLED screen. People on Periscope are like, no, I would not do that. I'm not going to pay $1,000. But I, I think you'd be surprised because when I think about it, if this is their premium version of the phone, this is the premium one, and I'm not even a big screen phone guy. If this is the whole idea that Johnny Ives' vision is to create this slate, this monolith, just the pure piece of glass for a phone... 5.8 inch OLED screen max capacity right it's gonna most likely have the digital zoom bokeh effect dual camera lens all that and it's this like super would you do it I you know with a with a contract well I guess you know now these days the whole idea of a contract is dead but you're doing it in payment plans I think more people once they once we end up seeing this thing would might might buy it more than we think I I that's that's my gut I think we we'd be surprised Here's some other things that uh, the report from Fast Company also said to kind of give credence to why they think it'll be easily over $1,000. The new 5.8-inch phone will probably be called the iPhone 8. Oh, sorry. This is the line that I really enjoyed. But some believe Apple will call it the far cooler-sounding iPhone X. Now, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show, but we're just going to call it like it is. There's a specific Apple podcast slash video show that called it out the iPhone X from the very beginning. You know what it is. It was, it was, it was this show. It was this show. Here's some other information about it. Uh, wireless charging is expected to be in it. But also, according to Fast Company, Apple is working with a company called Lumentum with a 3D sensor. They're, they have not been able to confirm exactly what it will do. But most likely, this 3D sensor could be used for something like maybe facial recognition and unlocking your phone or even improving the photos that you get because it's able to have a, a more detailed depth sensor and also potentially an augmented reality feature, which Apple has continued to talk about. But anyways, 
the overall consensus, at least initially, your gut check is if you would buy a $1,000 iPhone. Most people here are saying, uh, no, but I think, I think we'd be surprised. I think more people would buy it than, than not. And the thing that bothers me the most about this whole idea of a premium iPhone, I've been an iPhone person for a long time. I love the Pixel, the best Android phone, hands down. This, but Apple is now completely fragmenting. Apple is like doing what Samsung did back in the day. Samsung now really has one phone. They have, like, quite honestly, at least from a premium standpoint, they have the S8. Apple has the 4.7-inch iPhone, a 5.5-inch iPhone, and now a 5.8-inch one, and all three do different things. Entry-level one will be solid. The second one will have the dual lens. The third one will be the premium one with the dual lens and the new sexy body and all that. Like, they be make they might be making a lot of money, but this is, like I say, this is completely a different Apple than we've ever seen before. Making three different models of a phone, but if you're talking about just straight-up pure cash money, the results have shown that people wanted people are doing that. Apple had their best quarter ever and sold their most iPhones ever uh, just recently. Uh, we did do a quick note, at least from the rumor mills, all three phones, according to uh, Ming-Chi Kuo at Digital Time, uh, Digit Times, expects them to include wireless charging. And another little quick story about iPhone 8 production maybe starting earlier than usual based on supply chain supply chain checks. That doesn't mean that we're going to see the phone any earlier, but at least according to reports iPhone 8 production or whatever this, you know, these new next-gen iPhones may start a little earlier. All right, let's talk a little bit about MacBook Pros. References to the next-gen, the next-gen MacBook Pros that some people are, like, annoyed that I keep on saying, just wait, just wait for this year. New references to the next-gen MacBook Pros have been discovered in Mac OS 10.12.4's beta. So this is based off of um, Apple blog Pike's Universum. They looked and dug into the logs and really, you know, we have this all the time. Every time Apple releases betas, there's kind of nuggets that people go digging for. And based on this, they were able to find motherboard identifiers or basically motherboard numbers that do not correspond to any MacBook Pros that exist today. So what does that mean? Well, obviously, these are motherboards intended for new MacBook Pros. They then cross-referenced those motherboard numbers with the latest KB Lake chipset from Intel and found and pretty much gave this huge breakdown listing down the line of exactly what you will expect to see from a processor standpoint, from a product line standpoint of the new MacBook Pros coming out this year. So again, right, we can expect KB Lake. There's going to be different levels of graphics depending on the chip, but we are still expecting to see a 13-inch with no touch bar, a 13-inch with a touch bar, and a 15-inch with a touch bar all beefed up. And again, you wait You wait for this year. Again, it's fall. I know it's a little ways out. You get KB Lake. You get 32 gig RAM compatibility. You get better battery life. And most likely the touch bar is already is going to be at least more optimized and developers are going to figure out how to use it more effectively. I don't think it's there yet. I still think it's not the greatest feature yet, but we'll see. I'm going to still give it a little time for developers to get into that. And to jump on board with that really quickly, Microsoft... Uh, just released through their beta program for Microsoft Office, their Office Insider beta program, that touch bar integration has come to Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Excel for the Mac. So I'm not part of that program. I still don't have a touch bar Mac, but if you guys and gals want to jump on that, you can sign up for the Office Insider beta program. They do have, at this moment, touch bar integration uh, with the Office suite. 
Another thing everyone's looking forward to, Beats X. This is the long-delayed Apple uh, co-designed with Apple and Beats. They're W1 chip-based earbuds, but they have this, you know, that single wire that connects them that goes behind your head. Apple has announced that they will be officially launching on February the 10th at the time of this recording. That will be tomorrow. They'll come out in black and white. They're 149 And I've got to say, I've always felt that they delayed these Beat X because they didn't want to take away some of the shine from the AirPods. And I'll, I'll kind of break it down for you why. We know the AirPods, right? They have that design that is hit or miss, and I'm not going to you know hate on it any more than I have. I, I still think the design is kind of weird, but it has grown on me a little more, I will say. The actual AirPods are a very good product. I can't call them great, but they are a very, very good product just because of the W1 chip, the way it syncs. Well, here, these Beats, they also use the same exact W1 chip. So although you don't take them out of a case and they instantly sync, you just press a single button and they will sync exactly and as quickly as the Apple AirPods. Not only that, the sound on these Beat X, it's more sealed. There's deeper bass. It's a fuller sound. And then also on that wire, on that wire connection, you actually have a physical remote. You have the ability to change tracks, to turn up the volume, pause and play, like prompt Siri. On the AirPods, you can only do either Siri or pause and play, and you can only choose one of those two functions. So functionality-wise, these are significantly better. And then the price point is $149 for the Beats X and $169 for the AirPods. And yes, the AirPods are completely wireless, but these Beats are in a way kind of like completely wireless other than you have that thing on the that goes over the back of your neck. So for working out, fitness, I think they're killer. I actually prefer the Power Beats 3 uh, for fitness, but I'm just saying it's really interesting that they delayed it about a month and a half or so when the rest of the Beats line came out earlier. The AirPods then came out, and now they just kind of waited for the Beats X. It's smart from a marketing standpoint, but I just think that they did that because they didn't want to take away any shine or interest because when you stack them up side by side, Apple loyalists, loyalists are going to buy the AirPods, but people don't realize these Beats X were designed in partnership. They're the first Beats that were designed in partnership with Apple's design engineering team. And they magne- the earbuds magnetically click together, so you're never going to like... They're going to stay together. It's They're pretty wild. So I would definitely check them out. Um, just a couple more stories before we wrap things up. Apple has hired Amazon's Fire TV head to now manage and really spearhead... Apple's business. This is a report according to Bloomberg. This is what's going on. Apple has hired Timothy Twerdall, former head of Amazon's Fire TV unit. He'll basically be in charge of now pushing the Apple TV platform forward while the former head is going to be shifted over to locking down content deals. The biggest thing that we've talked about, content is king. Content is king. I can't tell you that over and over and over. If Apple wants to make this a significant product, they need unique content that people care about. We've seen it. We've already seen it, not only on Netflix, but even Amazon's own Fire TV, their Prime platform. They have content that people want to watch and go to. Apple doesn't right now. We know the stories. They're working on Carpool Karaoke, Planet of the Apps, a biopic with Doctor, based on uh, Doctor Dre's life, a series there. But it's only going to be available on Apple Music. It's kind of weird that they were just trying to get people to try and subscribe. I get it, but it doesn't make sense. Just get their content on Apple TV to make it a box that people beyond the Apple ecosystem want to buy. I think that's the biggest thing. In 
in Apple's recent earnings report, the Apple TV is bundled with that category called Others. Shar and I talked about, you know, the Apple Watch is in there. iPods, uh, iPods are in there. So is the Apple TV, so they don't report the official numbers. They said the reason that the other category for Apple declined this most recent quarter was because of a lack of sales, the Apple TV. So it's not, it's not, it's not catching on. It's just, it's a nice upgrade. I have it. I can still do everything else with the original um, Apple TV. You know, the remote is nicer, but it's not giving us something more that makes someone beyond an Apple user want to get it really. So uh, we'll see if this new hire does any better, helps them out any better. Um, also quick thing, Apple Pay is now the most common mobile payment platform in the US. So before, just a year ago, Apple Pay, everyone's like, oh, how is this going to catch on this whole digital wallet thing? A year ago, it made up 16% of merchants who accepted it. Today, it's now at 36%. PayPal is at 34% in second place. And a MasterCard PayPass is third at 25%. And then just a follow-up to last week's show, LG's ultra-fine 27-inch 5K uh, display. That was the one that had issues when you kept it near a router. LG acknowledged it. They're actually going to offer a fix where they're going to uh, build in better shielding in new models that are manufactured. But if you have an LG 5K display that is the one that is advertised on Apple's site, you can actually get it retrofitted if you already have one. Uh, you have to reach out to LG support to get that taken care of. So uh, LG's slogan is life's good. Good Apple on them. I like that. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, that's going to do it for this week's show. We want to thank Shara, our guest, for coming in. Also got to show love to my boy, Mitch Chang for running the show um, instead of Stephen Beecham. He'll be back in a couple weeks. Remember, you guys can always keep on tuning into us. And I know our phone lines are a little lagged up, but you could call us still 1-800-616-2638. That's going to do it for this week. We will catch you all next week. Be safe. Peace.